0: This is Cliff Mass, and welcome to my weather podcast. Each week I talk about current weather, provide a forecast for the weekend and beyond, and give you more details about an interesting weather phenomena. It's Friday, September 17th, and let's talk about the weather. Well, we are finally experiencing the first major weather system of the fall, and it's going to be a very wet one. Let's make it clear, this is not the end of the world. It really represents a typically quite strong winter storm. We typically get several of these during the winter, and one that I believe will have substantial beneficial effects. The storm is going to have a slow start for most, but don't be complacent. A very wet period is ahead this evening. At 9 a.m., the coast has already had about a half inch, while the western interior has had a few hundredths of an inch, um, some places as much as a tenth of an inch. The winds have already started to crank up over northwest Washington and the coast. For instance, the gusts are running around 40 miles per hour at Woodby Island Naval Air Station in northern Woodby Island and in some locations in the san juans the winds are even stronger in the coast getting up to 50 miles per hour and i think it's clear these winds will strengthen in both regions during the next few hours now tonight will be precipitation ground zero this evening sometime after dinner the rain will start to come down in sheets in western washington with many of you experiencing over an inch in a matter of a few hours. And Saturday and Sunday will continue the rain. It'll be on and off and more showery, but there'll be plenty of rain, and I think it'll add at least another half inch. The latest forecast suggests that the lowlands could well see one and a half inches by the time we get into late Sunday and two or three times that on the western slopes of the mountains. An important issue will be thunderstorms. The atmosphere will be relatively unstable on Saturday and Sunday, with a tendency to convect into into, con, into shower thunderstorm showers. And so I would not be surprised to hear some thunder. In fact, I can almost guarantee that some of you will hear thunder and see lightning. A strong upper level trough will provide the upward motion that will help initiate these storms. And the atmosphere is unstable enough to release some pretty uh, substantial convective cells. High pressure will build in over the region on Monday and Tuesday. So expect warming. Temperatures by the time you get to Tuesday will get into the lower 70s, drying, and even some sun. So it's going to be a nice break on Monday and Tuesday, but another system is forecast to come in on Wednesday, bringing light rain and highs declining into the lower 60s. Well, I think we've made the transition into more fall-like weather, so enjoy it. And tonight, it'll be interesting to sleep listening to the heavy rain outside. Take care. Weather doesn't end with the forecast. Now let's talk about the special weather topic of the week. Why are Northwest summers so dry? There has been considerable talk about a lack of rain this summer over the Northwest, but a little perspective is important. Our region has some of the driest summers in the nation, drier even than the arid desert southwest of the United States. Going for a month without rain here in the Northwest during the summer is unremarkable. Why are our summers so dry? That's an interesting question. This podcast will tell you the story. Let's start by considering average monthly rainfall during the midsummer. Let's talk about the month of July. The median rainfall in Seattle during July is 0.66 inches. For August, it's 0.65. What about Phoenix, Arizona, in the arid desert southwest? Their median is 0.78 for July and 0.90 for August. So Seattle is drier on average than Phoenix during the summer. In fact, as shown by the map that I placed on my blog, The entire west coast from California to Washington is extremely dry during midsummer, much drier than the rest of the United States, with our native plants quite well adapted to this dry summer climate. And this is why the west coast historically has had mid to late summer wildfires, very little rain. Our region, the west coast, has what is known as a Mediterranean climate. That means moist winters, but dry summers, just like Athens, Greece. In contrast, weather stations over the eastern half of the United States, even at our same latitude, have about the same precipitation each month. Why? Well, to understand this mystery, one must know about the two main sources of precipitation in the United States. Now, during the cool season, from October through March, most rain in the United States, including here, comes from large-scale weather systems, such as frontal zones, cold and warm fronts, occluded fronts, mid-latitude cyclones, intense low-pressure systems that move through, and occasionally something called atmospheric rivers, plumes of moisture that come out of the subtropics. All of these winter weather systems are associated one way or the other with the jet stream, the current of strong winds in the mid-latitude, which in turn is associated with the large temperature differences between north and south that occur in the winter over the mid-latitudes. So basically, there's a big change in temperature north, south, and that creates the jet stream and the storms and fronts are associated with the jet stream. Now, Seattle gets many fronts and cyclones over the winter, excuse me, and occasionally an atmospheric river. And this produces our abundant moisture during the cool season, lots of strong fronts. Even California gets a piece of this large scale weather action. Although it's a bit more hit and miss, producing an occasionally dry winter in the Golden State. But what about the summer? As the Arctic warms, as the northern latitudes warm, the difference in temperature between the equator, which equatorial areas, the tropics stays the same, the difference in temperature between the tropical areas and the poles weakens. This weakens the jet stream and the jet stream moves northward. Now, fronts and cyclones, which form with the jet stream, tend to fade and shift northward as well. And as fewer and weaker storms and fronts come through, precipitation lessens. Now, in the wake of the retreating jet stream, high pressure builds over the eastern Pacific. This is known as the East Pacific High. And that further shuns storms northward. But it's, there's even more here. The high pressure in the Eastern Pacific, like all high pressure, is associated with sinking air. And sinking air evaporates clouds and prevents precipitation. No wonder we have a veritable drought each summer. The jet stream moves north and we don't get fronts and cyclones, and we have sinking air that does the rest. But what about the eastern half of the United States? How can they stay wet in summer? without the fronts and cyclones? The answer, thunderstorms. As the large scale weather systems fade, the frequency of thunderstorms increases in the Eastern United States as the surface warms during the summer. Now the heating produces what we call instability and convection, like in your cereal pot. You heat the bottom of the cereal pot and it percolates or convects. The same thing happens in the atmosphere. So heating of the surface in the summer in the east results in thunderstorms. And these thunderstorms are helped by moisture in the atmosphere. And the eastern United States has plenty of moisture at low levels, with air moving northward from the warm Gulf of Mexico and South Atlantic. Warm water can inject lots of water vapor to the atmosphere. So lots of thunderstorms there, and that keeps the precipitation up. But why doesn't the Northwest, Oregon, and California get thunderstorms? The essential reason is that there's cold water offshore, the cold Pacific Ocean. While the Gulf of Mexico can be 80 to 90 degrees, our coastal waters are typically around 50 degrees. Cold water can't put much moisture in the air because cold air can't hold much moisture. And cold air, at low levels coming off the ocean, prevents our surface from heating up very much. And that's bad for thunderstorms as well, because you need a warm surface to give you that convection. The cold air at low levels, that's bad for convection thunderstorms. And I hate to say, it's even worse than that. The sinking motion from the East Pacific High works against thunderstorms as well. So, without the jet stream and storm systems, And without thunderstorms, the Pacific Northwest is very, very dry in summer. It is typically dry. This is normal. But why, you ask, does Arizona get to be wetter than us in the midsummer? The reason is that they are far enough inland to get some moisture from the Gulf of Mexico, something called the Southwest Monsoon. Arizona, during these monsoons, can get big thunderstorms in midsummer that can bring heavy precipitation. Now, interestingly, climate models suggest that under global warming, the Southwest monsoon moisture may increasingly invade our region, but there's much research that needs to be done to understand this. I hope you enjoy learning about our dry summers, particularly as the dry summer becomes a memory with the first strong autumn storm of the year thanks for listening thank you for listening to my podcast feel free to send me your questions or any topics you would like me to cover this podcast will be available every Friday morning on my blog and major podcast platforms if you would like to support this podcast feel free to use the Patreon link on my blog see you next time